Hi, my name is Duncan and we are the Fancy Football Fanatics. I'm joined by Matt in London, Ben in LA and Andy in San Fran. Ben, what was your highlight of the international week so far and the last game week? Uh, so my highlights are from the last game week. Um, my first one is, I don't know if you guys saw Sol Bamba. He scored an extra time uh, for the Cardiff winner. He uh, attempted a bicycle kick that came off the post and then there was a scramble and then he, he knocked it in. Um, but my highlight was he scored. He took his shirt off and like ran into the crowd. Um, and then the referee didn't book him. So that like the reporters after the game were like, "Oh, how come, how come you didn't get booked for taking your shirt off? Because you know that's always a yellow card." And he was like, "Oh, the ref asked me if I took it off, and I just told him no." <laughs> <laughs> so like the ref, I don't know how the ref did not see it because it was like really obvious. And then when he asked, he just asked, he took just took Sol Bamba's word for it. It was kind of uh, a little bit. And the- <laughs> so that was. The FA were asked afterwards if there's going to be any kind of punishment afterwards, but they've said because the referees give, uh, you know, it's not in the referees' report that they can't do anything, so he's got away with it. <laughs> yeah, got away with a, a winner and no yellow card. Um, my second highlight was uh, we there was an NBC, uh, which is a US uh, channel, with were doing an interview with Wayne Rooney um, before his. Uh, you know, testimonial, not testimonial, like charity game um, against the US. And they were saying, oh, Wayne, like, um, what do you miss most about, you know, not being in England anymore and playing in the MLS? Um, Because he was talking about stuff he really liked doing. Like, people don't recognize him in Washington, so, like, he can do normal stuff. Um, But the, the thing he said he missed the most was playing FIFA, with his mates, because the time difference is all screwed up. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Like, the one thing you miss about being in England is not being able to play FIFA because of the time Something difference. Something you can do from anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give him a game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So those, those are my highlights. Of nice one. I'm going to go with my highlight next, because it's, it's from the same game as the Cardiff-Brighton game. Um I didn't go for Sol Bamba. I went for, first of all, Callum Patterson's goal celebration, the out-of-position midfielder who's playing up front for Cardiff. His goal celebration, you you guys probably don't remember it. I'll try and describe it for you. He danced like I dance when I'm at home on my own and no one can see me. (laughs) (laughs) Like trying to do the snake's hips kind of thing, but not very well. Um, yeah, Lucy Goosey. Um, it was it was not a good goal celebration, but I enjoyed it. And my second one was um, Neil Warnock's celebration after the last minute winner from Sol Bamba. He just looked like a small child. He just kind of bounced up and down on um, on the spot and put his little hands and fists in the air. He just looked very 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 sweet, which is not something I normally think of with Neil Warnock. Um, just so much joy. So yeah, that was my football highlight of the week. Um, what about you, Andy? Uh, I think mine was a uh, a moment from the US team's commentary um, where they were, you know how commentators, they try not to sort of contradict each other during the commentary because it sort of becomes really awkward and out of hand if they disagree on something. Well, they obviously had very strong opinions about who the shortest player in the league was. And so they, uh, so one of them stated that it was Lucas Torreira. And the other one then 
counterstated later in the game that it was Ryan Fraser. And then the other <laughs> one kept like they kept on saying it to a really awkward number of times <laughs> in some passive aggressive non-argument about which was the shortest player in the league. Um, which uh, actually, funny enough, Ben just reminded me of that with his uh, with, with his NBC comment because it was on NBC. Um, that was quite enough, and I enjoyed that. Uh, but my actual sort of real highlight of the week is uh, wait, what's the answer? Who who is it's Ryan Fraser? <laughs> Ryan Fraser, okay. the shortest player in the league, which is fun because we all have him in our teams as well, and nobody has Lucas Torreira, so yeah. that's a lot more fun. Okay, that's good. Yeah, stuff. yeah, indeed, a good fact to whip out whenever uh, uh, is useful. Um, my real highlight, though, is a bit of a heartwarming moment. I really enjoyed Callum Wilson playing for England because he's obviously had a really tough career. And whenever things have started going well for him and he's been touted for an England place, he's broken his leg. So it was really good to see him not only playing but scoring against the US. And I, I hope he retains his place. An amazing attitude to have come from, like, uh, he, he sort of developed quite late and wasn't in any of the major youth systems. And so to see somebody take that route into the... Uh, the England show. That's a really nice highlight, I think. Um, and it was nice to see him score. And he, he's still in a lot of teams. So hopefully he can take that form from England back into into Bournemouth. Um, what about you, Matt? What was your highlight of the week? Well, I should just say that I still have like a, a, a dislike for Callum Wilson because he's not in my fantasy football team. Like I have nothing against <laughs> him on the pitch, but he, he annoys me of his every good move. So him scoring is like, oh, I bet he'll do that for Bournemouth now. He'll be on form. It's how awful. But he's, uh, he's just scored in his debut for England. So your, your highlight was not Callum <laughs> No, no, no. That, that, was, that was my reaction to Andy's <laughs> like, highlight there. My, my highlight was um, I uh, also made a return to the game at the weekend. So I played my, my first game of football since uh, having a little baby. So that was uh, it's nice to be back playing football and enjoying the beautiful game um even though we lost 2-0 and i was appalling um it's uh, it's all good fun um and then I, if we're all allowed to have two highlights of the week this week um then my other highlight of the week is uh pritchard scoring for huddersfield um i think he was a very good gut punt from a couple of weeks back that you uh you disapproved of duncan yes i did massively a huddersfield attacker surely not well i mean i think he's come in more successfully than your previous gut punts. Yeah, probably all of my previous <laughs> gut punts. Yeah, but, but unfortunately not when you picked him. Uh, yeah, I guess I was just ahead of the game. <laughs> <laughs> if Whoever Getting followed hands. my gut punt now got some points. Yeah, so just do what you say, basically, and, yeah. and hold tight until that comes true. Yeah. Listen to my gut punt, and then maybe in a couple of weeks' time, that guy might score. <laughs> Sound strategy. <laughs> um, speaking of points, should we have a look at our, our game week? Um, game week 12. Um, I'm top of the pile with 65 points. Um, yeah, green arrow for me. Salah captain. Um, nothing too spectacular. Robertson with 12 points. Alonso with eight. Um, highlight for me was Fabianski with five points, just mainly through saves. Um, so, you know, when he actually keeps a clean sheet, just think of the points rolling in with their fixtures coming up. I'm looking forward to that. So hopefully that happens soon. Um, I brought in Camarasa, which was a bit of a left field move 
camera so I brought in um for Madison who was injured my plan was slightly to move sideways um because I couldn't make a decision on my Madison replacement brought in Camarasa um as my 4.5 for the future and then with my next few transfers I'm going to get rid of Stevens who was my other 4.5 midfielder who's now actually actually got a red card in this game week so he's missing three games so it's yeah high time to get rid of him um but yeah I just wasn't quite ready yet to pick who was going to be my replacement um so I, I went for Camaras and didn't, didn't come off but um I think he might be a good one um for the next yeah next few months or so just saying my bench coming on when, it, when I need him to um yeah apart from that not a lot else happened um didn't climb too many places but just consistent and Steady and steady as it goes. Yeah. How did you get on, Ben? Uh, so I got 61 points, um, very similar team to you. So the people who performed were Robertson, Alonso, Salah Captain, and Aguero. Um, I think similar to you, I, I didn't really know who my Madison replacement was going to be. I actually, actually wanted to get Richarlison, but he was yellow flag last week. Um, so I did a kind of a punty move. Uh, I did uh, billing to Diangana, um, which didn't really come off. Diangana only played the first half. So a little bit of regret over that move because it seems like Diangana may not play that much, but he's my <laughs> fifth midfielder, yeah. Phil Billing's a legend as well. Yeah, I know. Phil Billing is a legend, but <laughs> um, I thought Dean Garner with West Ham's fixtures would, would get me more than two points every game. Um, but yeah, overall, um, kind of maintained my rank, small green arrow, so I'm not too damaged on. I think what I've been happy with is, I think it was a week previously, I got priced out of the Mendy move, and now Mendy is out for a while because of surgery. So I'm quite happy that I have the port now. So I don't have to waste a transfer. Yeah, you're a transfer ahead on that, which is which is lucky. Super lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, how about you, Matt? Well, very similar week points-wise to, to Ben. Uh, points, and most of them come from the usual places like Aguero, Salah, Robertson, Alonso. Um, but my two transfers were Mendy and Pereira in um, for Madison and oh no, sorry, I did Anatovic and Pereira in, um, which and I had Mendy in from the week before. So I think I need a bit of surgery on my team at the moment because none of the well Anatovic it seems like a good pick, um, but he didn't score when I put him in for a four point hit, which is a bit disappointing. Pereira didn't do anything and he he looked a bit bad actually on the highlights. So. I'll stick with him for a while. We'll see how he goes. And um, yeah, if Mendy needs surgery, then there's a bit of bit of trouble there too. You've gone with a not completely left field, but a couple of slightly left field picks with Pereira and Barkley in the last couple of weeks. So is that where you're thinking you might need to change? Yeah, in, in particular. I mean, uh, Barkley, uh, when I picked him a couple of weeks back and I had two free transfers and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll go for him. It'd be quite a good differential. They had like, quite an easy game. Um, but he it, he didn't really come off because in the previous three weeks he'd scored three goals in a row every week. He'd got 
three assists in the last three weeks. And he looked like he was starting to turn into a bit of like a Lampard type player for Chelsea. Um, but since then, uh, he's yeah played just about 60 minutes against Palace at home and then played eight minutes against Everton at home. So that gamble or punt didn't really come off. So um, it's either him or Pereira, I think, in the future weeks. I might need to jockey about some funds across my team uh, to see if I've got the balance quite right at the moment. I could do with a bit more of an expensive midfielder than I've, I've got. Because um, I've got Salah and Hazard at the moment, but Pereira, Fraser, Barkley. It's hard to trade for those players if you've got no fa- funds in the bank. So I think my, my team is a bit of surgery at the moment. Not not too happy of it. Okay. Um, Andy, how did you get on in game week 12? Uh, very similar again. I was very pleased with my game week 12 because um, all of my, my sort of differentiating players were playing against each other last week. So I thought that all of the good work from the previous week might be lost this week as they didn't do anything against each other and you guys got back into the lead again. But I actually got 60 points. So um, that was pretty good. I didn't have Mo Salah, which, was, which did, obviously was a bad thing because he got, he got points. Um, but I kind of made up for it with other players that, that, that you know, got me, got me other points. So um, Alonso got me eight. Alexander-Arnold got me 11. Um, Bernardo Silva, who I had, I had tried to transfer out for Martial but failed. Um, Mane, sorry. I was sort of toying between those two ideas. Got me 10 points, so very lucky that that didn't work. Um, Hazard was captain, um, which was six points. Well, not great, but still, it's, it's he did play in, and get a clean sheet. Aguero got me seven, so and Fraser got me six. I ended up with 60 points, which is a solid week for one that I was expecting to go really badly. Um, and now that week's out of the way. So my, my players can go on their, um, their more preferential run of fixtures now. Um, and I've got two transfers in the bank and I've got 3.7 million. So um, I've got quite a, a positive, I've got kind of one of those difficult decisions now where it's a bit like a manager who's got like two good players for a position. I've got lots of ideas of how to spend the 3.7 million with players that are all going into good runs of fixtures now. So, um, and two transfers to use. So my transfer section is going to be quite an interesting one to talk about, I think. Yeah, well, let's um, let's move on and have a look at uh, game week thirteen because I can, I think that's the the main thing to talk about this week. Um, first up, the first game for us is Brighton versus Leicester, um, and that's one for me. I find this one slightly hard to call. Um, Brighton obviously better at home than they are away. Leicester been inconsistent um, all season so far. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm tempted to say that this is f- a fairly even game. Um, I'm not sure there's any um, particular fancy assets I'd be looking at. I can see Leicester scoring in this rather than Brighton keeping a clean sheet going for those Brighton defenders. Um, yeah, I, I see this maybe as a 1-1 draw or something like that. Um, anyone else want to chip in on that? I think that's a pretty solid prediction. I think it's funny with if if it was Leicester at home and Brighton away, you'd say a Leicester win, right? But with Brighton at home and Leicester away, it kind of tilts the balance a little bit and makes it a really even game. Um, I assume are we expecting Glenn Murray back for that game? I think so. Yeah. Um, let me just have a quick check. Yeah, I think he's he's the site saying he's one hundred percent fit, so I would expect him to play. Um, I think yeah, my my gamble then would be a, a last minute glimmer equaliser and a one all draw. 
Yeah, and he's a potential avenue for people to to go to if they're looking to move on from if they still have Mitrovic or if they're thinking that Bournemouth's fixtures with Wilson aren't great. It's quite an easy switch across. Um, yeah, not a bad shout, but obviously only useful in the home games for Brighton, really. Yeah, that's definitely true. Okay, Ben, what do you reckon to Everton Cardiff? So, Everton are on a good run. They they managed to draw with Chelsea. And um, I think Richarlison is actually, you know, fit again. He got a run out for Brazil again. Um, so, I think Everton at home, I, I would expect them to beat Cardiff. Even though Cardiff themselves have um, seemed like they're playing better now as well. I just think Everton at home, they're... They're very good attacking wise, so I would see maybe a a two nil to Everton um, in this game. There's a lot of talk this week about Dinia, the Everton left back, and how many chances he's created. I think he's created the most chances of any defenders over the last few weeks. Um, a lot of debate on social media about whether it's crazy to go for an Everton defender when they're not keeping clean sheets. Um, what's your kind of take on that? Yeah, whenever I I look. I look at I watch Everton games. He definitely does pass the eye test, and obviously he's playing well to keep Baines out of the team. Um, and I think everyone's looking for their Mendy replacements, and Dinier's pretty cheap, right? Four point eight. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's a bad shout. I just don't trust Everton's defense at all, really. Um, so if I was looking at someone in that that price range, I would probably go. Um, to Matt Doherty of Wolves um, because their, their fixtures are good as well and he's also really attacking as well. But Doherty is yellow right now. He, um, along with it, there's a lot of players seem to be um, 75% chance of playing next week. I mean, like just in my team, I've got Wan Bissaka, Doherty, and Sigurdsson are all yellow um, on the on the side at the moment. Um, I'm kind of annoyed you said Dean actually because he was my he was going to be my gut punt, but now I have to go for somebody else. Then I so I'll keep thinking over the course of the. Uh, the pod. Um, no, no, no. You can stick with him if you want. <laughs> um, I actually think he's a really good pick because if you look at Everton's upcoming fixtures, they've got quite a lot of poor defences coming up, including Cardiff. Obviously, not every game. Um, but a 4.8, you don't, a 4.8 defender, you wouldn't necessarily expect to play every week. Um, but they've got um, so poor attacks coming up, I mean. So they've got Cardiff, then obviously Liverpool, but then they've got Newcastle. They've got Watford, who are pretty inconsistent. Um, they've got Burnley coming up in the next, uh, after, after, after Manchester Spurs and then Burnley. So if you're going to play somebody sort of half the time, I think Dean's a pretty good pick. Um, and he's one that I'm definitely thinking about for, uh, for my transfers. And it's not, it's also as a, a short term impact, three of Everton's next four home games are good home fixtures. So that's not a bad shout, really. And then you can bench him for Man City and Spurs. Definitely seems to have won the left-back slot from Leighton Baines, which I think would have surprised a few people at the start of the season. Yeah. Are we, are we sleeping on Callum Patterson playing up front for Cardiff, an out-of-position midfielder? Scored in the last game week. Um, yeah, it's quite cheap, 5.2. Is that potentially an option for people? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think uh, I've definitely been sleeping on him. Three goals in the last four, 12 points in the last um, 
game week. He's he's at a. I think for me, he was just at a strange price point because I I can't do a straight swap for my four point five. He's a little bit more expensive at five point two, so he maybe would be kind of like a Ryan Fraser downgrade, um, to free up some money. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, a good shout. And my fun fact about Callum Patterson is he plays out of position for Cardiff, but he plays right back for Scotland. <laughs> is, is, isn't that funny? That's awesome. So he's listed as a midfielder, plays up front for Cardiff, and plays right back for Scotland. Um, uh, uh, maybe there's maybe he's listed just on average, like between those two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's heat map just in the centre. <laughs> Matt, what do you reckon to Fulham Southampton? Um, I think new manager, new manager bounce. Well, yeah, I think it, 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 a classic, another classic game. Um, Fulham Southampton, <laughs> one for the ages. Um, I can see both these teams getting quite tense now um, because they're they're down. They desperately need points, and these are the sort of games that both be targeting to get get points. Um, so it's a bit like the Brighton Leicester, where I think I might have said. Southampton, but they're the team that's away, and therefore I'm edging towards probably a one-all draw, or maybe two-two draw because they, neither team can defend that well. Um, or, <laughs> or maybe Fulham or nick it too. So it could all three results are on the cards. But I think focusing on the fact that uh, Fulham can't defend, I reckon it, it'd be quite a one good one for Southampton strikers. Uh, so someone like Danny Ings might might be a good pick this week for that one um yeah Fulham with six losses in a row pretty terrible stuff can Ranieri kind of bring them out of that do you think is he the right man I've got a Ranieri fact for you um every team that he's managed he's won at least five of his first eight games wow that's impressive wow so he's obviously got a, a good new manager bounce about him um, and I was I was reading that came up in an article I was reading online, and um, I can't remember any. That, that was just the fact that stuck with me. There were there were a load more of them, but his sort of general trend is he comes in the first eight to ten games are amazing. That obviously continued with Leicester and Chelsea beyond that point. Um, but if you look at when he went to Juventus, Juventus, for example, he was amazing for ten games. Took them from sixth in the league to joint first. And then the next 10 games were terrible and they ended up fourth. So he's got kind of that up-down um, pattern to his, uh, to his career. Um, I would expect Fulham to do the same based on that. I'd expect them to do really, really well over the next eight to 10 games and then drop off at the end of the season. So I think this is going to be a Fulham win. Yeah, I mean, they definitely, they mean, they've been losing, but they've got some quality players like Mitrovic and Schurler. So you'd think they've got enough ingredients there for Ranieri to make something out of them um, and as I say it's impressive new manager bounce stats there was um, there was a video from Fantasy Football Scout this week um, where they kind of delved into the data rather than doing the normal scout cast with some interesting stuff from John T saying that Fulham based on the stats shouldn't have been conceding as many goals as they have been and it could be potentially down to goalkeeping Issues, so maybe that is something that he will shore up quicker than might be expected. Um, quite an interesting fixture as well for them after Southampton, Chelsea away, West London derby, Ranieri going back to Stamford Bridge. Um, 
Yeah, it could be an interesting one. But not the easiest fixture run initially. So, yeah, it remains to be seen, I think. Um, so would anyone be going for any fancy assets in this one, Matt? Or stay away for the moment. Um, I mean, if you've got if you've got either a Fulham or Southampton assets, then this is one way you're thinking that for both sides, I reckon that, that yeah, there could be points in this. But I don't think many managers are rushing to buy Fulham or Southampton assets just yet um, until they see uh, an upturn in form for those teams. Okay, Andy, what do you reckon to Man United versus Palace? Well, recent form, if you exclude the derby for Man United, is to make things really hard for themselves and then just about win the game. And recent form for Crystal Palace is to make things really hard for the opposition and then just about lose the game. So based on that, I think Man United are going to have a really difficult game, but then win it, Um, which is exactly what happened last season as well. If you remember, it was a 3-2 where Matic scored a a worldie right at the end to win it. Um, I see a repeat of that either being 2-1 or 3-2 again. Um, I think... I have, have seen Zaha running at our defence as one, another one of those, those um, nightmares the night before the game. So I don't think Man U will keep a clean sheet, um, but I think we'll have enough to win it. Um, Martial is listed a 75% chance of playing. So um, if he does play, then he's obviously on fantastic form at the moment and I would expect him to carry that on. A um, couple of things that will be quite instructive about this game, I think, are, first of all, whether Sanchez plays, because I think I've said it a few times on this pod, you probably understand my opinion of him, but I think he really brings the team down. Um, and Lukaku obviously is fit, but has not been playing recently, or he's not starting, and um, has been awfully out of form. So I think whether or not those two play could be a big difference as to whether or not my uh, what I'm saying really comes true. Um, I think we look a lot better when we when we start with uh, the likes of Martial, Rashford, Lingard, um, you know, the younger strikers that were there before Mourinho came, rather than when we play Mourinho signing. So um, what I'm hoping for is to see those guys start and do well and justify their places so that we don't have the likes of Sanchez coming back into the team. Um, but either whatever happens, I think Man are going to win it either through uh, through grit or through Palace being rubbish. What do you reckon, Ben? Do you agree with Andy or do you go the other way? Yeah, I I think I agree. We'll probably it'll probably be close, but we'll edge it. Um I know Zaha was injured last game week, so I'm kinda of hoping <laughs> I'm hoping he doesn't play, but my guess is with three weeks rest he'll probably be back. Um but yeah, I I see us edging this one. Um I know Lukaku uh, hasn't been playing for Belgium because I think he's still managing hamstring stuff. So I wouldn't expect Lukaku to be back either. So, yeah. Um, it's hard to tell with international break or these yellow flags if they're real injuries or international break injuries where the club manager doesn't want the player to go. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who... I'll be monitoring the press conferences um, probably more closely than usual to see who, who plays. Yeah, I think that's very wise, keeping an eye on Martial as well. Yeah. For people looking to bring him into their teams. Um, Next up, Watford-Liverpool. This is one for me to start off with. I think what I've kind of observed about Liverpool this season is that I think 
in Klopp's aim for going for the title, he's slightly, I think, is trying to get more balance into the team. So there's more of a focus on attack and it's not all out crazy attacking. Firmino, Firmino is playing a lot deeper than he was, I think, last season, almost playing as very much a midfielder. Um, I think they're just trying to keep things a bit more balanced. And for the most part, it's working out with them. Um, but I think in a game like this, where they're going away from home to a, a team in the top 10, I think it's going to be that um, kind of even more evident than one of their home games. You know, they were home to Fulham and they didn't go crazy. It was just 2-0. Um, and Watford have been playing really well this season. Uh all over the different positions so I see more of the same there was a really interesting sat, stat I saw on um, Twitter just before we came on um, about Salah playing against the teams in the top 10 he's got no goals and no assists and a points per game of 2.2 and then teams in the bottom 10 it's you know points per game over 9 um, and yeah lots of goals lots of assists so seems to suggest that this season he's a bit of a flat track bully and um, and this game might, I don't think we'll see Liverpool going crazy um, in terms of goals. So if people brought in extra Liverpool players for the Fulham game with their fixtures coming up and with this fixture in mind, it might be time to start switching sides to, to other, other teams, I think. Um, I think the big thing for me for Watford is that Isaac's success is still in the team um, and Troy Deeney isn't playing which is pretty amazing I didn't expect to see success start the last game but he did and played 90 minutes still very very cheap and very affordable if people are looking to change formations play two up front with him on the bench so I think he's one that I'm definitely keeping an eye on um, as well as Delefeu but I I think Tafeu is always going to be the player that he is kind of um, never really consistent. Um, so, yeah, success is the man I'd be looking at for Watford. And I might be looking at getting rid of Liverpool assets with what they've got coming up. What do you reckon, Andy? Um, I don't really have much to argue with there. Um, I think Liverpool will win, but I think they'll win narrowly. don't think it's going to be uh, one for the neutral. I don't okay. really have much to add to that, really. I think it's a, it, I think uh, Liverpool defenders, if you've got them, play them. Um, and probably one of Salah, Mane, um, maybe a Milner penalty. Like, you know, one of those players will score and that'll be it. Yeah, grinding it out rather than romping to victory. Yeah. OK, Ben, what do you reckon to West Ham versus Man City? Uh, I think Man City will win. Um, it'll probably be more difficult than some of their previous games, including it's maybe even more difficult than playing Manchester United. Um, but I, Man City are are so strong. I, I read a stat that the expected goals for Man City uh, this season is higher than PSG playing in League League One. So, <laughs> I mean that's. That's how dominant Man City are. So um, I think they'll beat West Ham. Um, West Ham will probably make it difficult, but I can see City winning this. So basically, whoever Pep decides to play will probably get points. Um, I've been reading that Aguero 
has been managing a hamstring injury, so I'm hoping he plays. Um, he obviously doesn't have international break, so um, hopefully he plays, and then whoever Pep decides to play midfield. I, he- I hear KDB is training again as well, so there are plenty of options there. He's a troll. It'll be Stay away. Yeah, troll. Um, it'll be interesting to see who takes Mendy's spot, actually, whether it's... I assume it'll be Delph, but um, some people have been saying that if Mendy is out, Pep is more likely to play Sane um, because he provides the width on the left side. But impo- for me, it's impossible to tell until we see what Pep, Pep does. So I, um, I think with, with Mendy out, one of the things that I noticed, I think, previously is that he has played Laporte at left back. Um, not, not often, but infrequently. So with Laporte being a, a sure starter this season, with Mendy being out, it just makes me think that look, Port is even more nailed than he might might have been before. Um, you know, if he does get moved out of centre back, he could always play left back. Um, so yeah, that just kind of strengthens his case for me. But yeah, I, I, it could be Zinchenko, it could be Delph. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is um, I think there's going to be a point at which Pep gives like trials out of Zinchenko because he's the most similar left back to Mendy. Like, Delph has obviously been very solid for him, um, but he's not really a left-back. And at the end of last season, Zinchenko appeared a few times. So it could be that um, with a, in, the, in the non-crunch like fixtures, um, Zinchenko appears. I don't know whether West Ham would be considered a non-crunch fixture, especially with Pellegrini returning. Um, but anyway, I think at some point that's going to happen. It'll be interesting to see whether he, uh, whether he nails it. Is it, still, is it still worth playing um, your kind of lesser West Ham assets like Dean Garner? You've brought in Ben. Is it still worth playing players like that against City? No, I mean, I was never... <laughs> I wasn't planning on using Dean Garner too much. So he will definitely not be playing against City. Um, but I, I mean, I'm still going to play on Arnautovic. I think Arnautovic is always a good shout for for getting a goal, I think. Um, as well as Felipe Anderson also scoring again last week. Um, I think it was a little bit fortunate. I think West Ham didn't play super well against Huddersfield, but he took his goal really well. So, um, yeah, Felipe Anderson looks like uh, a good pick. And I think he's risen in price already this game week as well. So, um, maybe not for City, but after City, West Ham have their amazing run of green fixtures up till... January. I'm definitely going to play Fabianski and hope he just racks up 10 points worth of save points. <laughs> <laughs> get rid of all those goals he's going to concede. Um, Matt, what do you reckon to Spurs-Chelsea? Um, so this is quite a tasty fixture because um, they're sort of the the best of the rest after Man City uh, facing off um, these, t- these two in Liverpool. Um, so Chelsea have... I think flattered to deceive the last couple of weeks. I know that well because I've got three Chelsea players in my team at the moment, um, and they just seem to have gone slightly. I mean, they've been getting some points, but they just gone slightly off the boil. I, I think having having watched them play, whereas Spurs seem to be getting some of their players back from injury. I know Ali's back now. Um, I think Ericsson's back now, so they're starting to get more options. So I'm leaning towards Spurs winning this. Also, with the added thing that they're at home for this fixture. Um, so 
the, the question mark, I guess, now is yeah, is is now the time where you want to start considering get Spurs assets back back into your squads because their fixtures are about to become a bit bit more generous over the coming game weeks. Yeah, you were very keen on them a couple of weeks ago, Ben. Um, is that a direction you're going to go be going too soon? Um, I think for me, it's still a little bit too soon because I still don't think. Uh, we haven't really seen Ali and Eriksson integrated back into the team. So I know they, I don't think e- e- either of them started against Palace. So I would want to see a couple of games where um, Pochettino is playing his, you know, his real first team, um, which may, maybe Chelsea is the right match to do it. Um, but I'm definitely keeping an eye on it because they do have good fixtures. Um, FPL related, everyone obviously, Harry Kane is the one that people. You kind of want to jump on the cane back cane train when it actually <laughs> is is about to happen, but from the eye test, cane still doesn't look super great. Um, I think also I didn't watch the game today, um, England Croatia, but I heard he was also not didn't look that great either, although he scored. So um, I'm I'm just keeping an eye on it, and then. Um, if they do get their groove back, I, I will be looking at some of their assets for sure. I, I'm kind of different than that. I actually think Chelsea would be my favourites for this game. Um, just because of... I feel like they play well in these big games. I could be mistaken, but I feel like against the other big rivals that Hazard normally turns it on and um, you know, Morata is showing some form now that um, I think they were very unlucky to not be Everton, so um, I feel I feel pretty good having Hazard in this game. I don't know why. <laughs> Here's a, a Spurs question. Um, Pochettino has a, a history of kind of dropping for long periods of time big players like Alderweireld and, and Rose last season. Do we think maybe that's what's happening with Eriksen this season after he wasn't really on form at the start of the season? Lamella's come in and been really good when he's played. Lucas Moura seems to be nailed on for a starting place. He's got other options like Ali and Son in those attacking positions. Um, I have a hunch that maybe we might not see as much of Ericsson this season as people are thinking. Like his first team might not include Ericsson this season. What do you guys think? He's definitely taken, um, even when Ericsson's on the pitch with Trippier, Trippier gets more of a share of set pieces, which was a big bonus point for Ericsson. Um Whereas before he was kind of the golden boy, so yeah, that might support that. I just thought he had like a, a hard injury to maintain or whatever. I feel like Ericsson is so good. I feel like you would want him playing. Well, so was Alder Viral though. That's the thing, and he yeah, uh, it's true. He missed the whole season. I don't know. I, I, I maybe I'm selfish, but I think oh, I was not selfish. Maybe I'm sort of um, biased, but I think Ericsson might be their best player. So there's one thing dropping yeah. Alder Elder and Rose. But I think the reason that Kane's looked a bit off this season is because Eriksen hasn't been playing to play amazing through balls and passes. And I don't see Pochettino thinking that uh, Moore or Lamella is quite an alter- is, is, is equal to Eriksen, um, if it can, even if they've just been getting by without him. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, well, that's right. I want you to be right. I love Eriksen too. Um during the World Cup, there was this thing that were, that was uh, going around where you, you uploaded a photo of yourself and it told you what your World Cup lookalike was. And I got Christian Eriksen, which made me like him even more. 
but maybe that was a kiss of death. Who knows? Um, anyway, uh, I, I would like to see Ericsson back because I really like him. Um, but I don't know. There's a lot of um, in that position this season for Spurs. So yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's probably harder for him to win that spot back than it ever has been. I think, as Ben says, though, ne- next couple of game weeks are, are tough for Spurs, but great scouting opportunity now they've got all the whole squad back to see who is the first team and which of the assets are the best ones to go for. Because if Lamella and Leo stand his place, he's quite a good bargain at the moment. Yeah, I agree. I would, I'm kind of hoping for that to happen because that would give me an obvious player to bring in for Fraser. But we'll see. Yeah, me too. I'm a big fan of Lamella. Um, Andy, what do you reckon to Bournemouth-Arsenal? I think this is going to be a really instructive game for both sides. With Bournemouth, they're obviously flying high, but they've been through a pretty easy run of fixtures. And I think at this stage of the season, often with those sort of um, not relegation fodder, but also not top four teams, um, what fixtures they've played thus far often dictates the position in the league. So now they're going into a really tough run of fixtures with Arsenal being the first one of those fixtures. It'll be very interesting to see, I think, how Eddie Howe plays it, whether he tries to play the same way, whether he shuts up shop and tries to limit damage and draw all those games. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be instructive as to what, what they do over the course of the next uh, eight to ten games. Um, I think overall, now's a great time to lose Bournemouth assets because of that run of fixtures. I My gut tells me that they're going to lose more than they're going to win and end up sort of reverting to the norm, which is roughly mid-table for them. Um, so that's... that. I think probably this is still, they'll still be ha- ha- like on a run of good form right now. So my, I think they're going to give it a go against Arsenal, especially given their, their deficiencies at the back. Um, and being at home as well obviously supports that too. Conversely, Arsenal, who you would traditionally think, you know, top six team, they'd be expected to win this. They just got a disappointing result against Wolves. Um, they've got this ridiculous unbeaten run now what is it 16 games something like that in all competitions um but i don't know whether everyone else feels the same way about this i I don't really trust it because they look so wobbly at the back and i feel like it could all come tumbling down at any moment um so you've got kind of a a bournemouth team which i think are on a great run of form and are sort of in a situation where you would expect it to all fall apart but maybe it won't whereas with arsenal you've got a team where on, they haven't got a really hard run of fixtures. You're expecting it to, you should expect it to all come together, but there's just something missing. And my gut tells me it's all going to fall apart. So both of these teams facing each other, I think, is going to be really interesting. Is it going to be like a, a you know, thrill thriller where both defenses look rubbish? Is it going to be a team, a game where both teams play really well and you know, assert the um, that their recent form is actually how good they really are? Um, I, I don't know. I think that it's a really evenly matched game. I think both sides will score. I wouldn't be playing defenders in this game. Um, I think if you've got Aubameyang or Lacazette, which a lot of people do, then definitely play them for this game. Conversely, if you if you haven't managed to get rid of um, Wilson or Fraser yet, then I would play them for this game. But then that's it. Like I, I think the rest of their fixtures, probably they stand less chance of scoring. It's a really tough one for me because I have Fraser and Wilson and they're both cheap options who have been consistent all season. Um, especially someone like Fraser, who's I bought for you know nothing, 5.5 or something like that. His price has gone up so much now. But it's one of those things in fantasy, I completely agree with what you say, that 
Bournemouth, I think, are one of those teams when the fixtures are good, they'll get good results. When the fixtures change, that's when they'll start kind of reverting to the mean. And you you do to ha- do well, you do slightly have to kill your darlings. And I think Fraser and Wilson, for me, um, is where I have to go, right, fixtures, red, 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 red. It's all changing now. Even though they, you know, assisted the last game, goal for England, they, they've got to go. Um, and I think this is going to be the fixture when I get rid of one of them. Um, and with an eye to getting rid of the, the next one when it's you know possible with my transfers, I think you're right. And I, I think it's funny, Arsenal. I think are also one of those teams. The fixtures are good; they'll be in good form as soon as the fixtures switch. Um, they won't won't be in such good form and they'll revert to the mean. Um, and I agree. Yeah, I think I think there'll be goals in this one. I don't think either defences can stand up to either attack really. So. Yeah, keep keep your attacking players. Um, but if you've got other moves in mind that you think are more beneficial, then it might be time to get rid of Bournemouth assets. Um, yeah, I think that was a good shout, Andy. Next up is Wolves-Huddersfield, and that's one for me. Um, I think despite Alex Pritchard's heroics and <laughs> some <laughs> for Huddersfield... <coughs> Um, I think this is going to be a bridge too far for them. I think Wolves at home um, against not a very good Huddersfield team with not a lot of goal threat. Um, I think they are going to score quite a few. Um, They might finally start to um, get a few more goals than the 1-0s or 2-0s. I think Jimenez is a man in form and definitely one to look at before his price goes too high. Um, might be a fixture to get him in as a, a Wilson replacement. Um, Doherty, it's really annoying. He's got that yellow flag and facial injury and he's missing the, the Ireland games because um, it would have been so nice just to switch from Mendy straight to him and have that all sorted. But I think we have to definitely keep an eye on the injury news um, and know for sure that he's going to play. Um, yeah, I think play your Wolves assets um, and stay away from from Huddersfield ones on this one. I think that's pretty cut and dry unless anyone else wants to chip in. We will move on to Burnley, Newcastle with Ben. Oh, cracker. Saving the best for last. Um, I think Newcastle seem to turn it around a bit. I think, is it two wins on the bounce? Um, Coinciding with Rondon getting back in the team. Um, But Burnley will be at home. So, I will probably go for uh, a draw, either nil-nil or a one-one, something like that. Um, so if I had defenders, I would probably play them in this match. I don't think too too many people have Burnley or Newcastle attacking assets, but um, would also probably play those as well if you had Goodmanson or something. Um, but not expecting a lot of goals in this one. Yeah, I think that's fair. What do you reckon, Matt? Um, yeah, it's it's, a, it's it's not a not not looking like a classic, um, even though it is the Monday night game, um, and it's always nice to have a player in the Monday night game. But I'm not about to transfer in players just to, <laughs> just for Burnley Newcastle. Um, <laughs> Andy will be eagerly watching this game with his Newcastle defenders. I most certainly will. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, this is a. Uh, Exactly the kind of game that I brought them in for, so they'll definitely <laughs> worth you playing. <laughs> it was interesting to see Rondon get two goals. He could have got a hat trick last last week game week as well. Um, 
So he he could be an asset. I've, I've never been a massive fan of Rondon, but uh, if if Benitez gets his team built around getting firing crosses in for him all day, then he could become an asset that's in the in the cheaper bracket. I'm I'm not so sure. Um, I have picked up Rondon in the past, but I think someone mentioned it uh, recently that he he has done this before for West Brom. He'll have you know a game here or there where he scores a few goals and looks good, but then just disappears for 16 weeks in a row. Um, the annoying thing for me with Burnley this season, I just think that Sean Dyche needs to start picking which strikers he's going to play and play them. They're all getting kind of weird limited minutes, all four of them, Vokes, Barnes, Wood, and Vidra, getting kind of fits and starts. And it doesn't seem like any of them can get into any kind of pattern or run of form. Um, yeah, so it means it's, they're not really fancy options. And I don't think the, the Burnley attack really is either, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think good call. Bring in the defenders for Newcastle. And if you have them, the Burnley one, Sit back and wait for the nil-nil. Um, next up, whipping boys and gut punts. Um, whip, whipping boys is a, a tricky one for this week. Um, Andy, what do you reckon to whipping boys? What's your vote? Yeah, it's it's not obvious, is it? Um, I think my the, the two fixtures that I'm immediately drawn to are Everton-Cardiff because... It could be that Everton really turn it on and Cardiff play awfully away from home. Um, or it could be Man City go to town against West Ham, who aren't the most defensively sound team, haven't got the strongest central midfield, which is obviously where Man City would dominate. So it's going to be either West Ham or Cardiff, I think. I'm going to go Cardiff because they're away and West Ham are at home. But I don't. I'm not really... Sure, it's pretty tight. What do you guys think? I think that that knock to Sigurdsson is a big... It's kind of the thing that Everton's game week slightly hinges on. Because um, if he's not playing, that's a big, big loss for them. I think in a week where you're not really sure, there's no kind of standout category. Uh, sorry, so no standout ca- candidate. I think if in doubt, go for Man City. They're not playing a brilliant team. So I think West Ham probably be my whipping boys if anyone would can i put can i put a vote in for crystal palace um i I, I didn't i didn't i didn't comment on uh on the match review because i i entirely agreed with the the the, the, where where man U fall down and where we've been struggling but i think palace uh, i mean whether it's under the radar or not have have also really been struggling this season um and I, i i worry that the, their tactics this, this year aren't really working. And at, at Old Trafford, I could see them potentially rolling over and conceding a few. Um, no, yeah. I, I, I just can't see it. Like if, we, if, if we go 2-0 up, then you know what's going to happen. We'll sub off all of our strikers. We'll bring on Herrera and Bailly and just shut up shop and concede one and win 2-1. I yeah. cannot see Mourinho letting the shackles off Man U. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I remember this this time last season where we seemed to be winning every match 4-0 um, at the start of the season. And then, then we slowly got more defensive as the season went on. But um, we, we do have the capacity to score more than more than two goals in a game. I think if you look at Palace's recent results, there, there haven't been too many drubbings. You know, a narrow 1-0 loss to Tottenham, quite hard fought. 
lost 3-1 away at Chelsea, 2-2 with Arsenal, 2-0 against Everton, 1-0 against Wolves. So I, I don't know if I'd put them in the whipping boys category, um, especially with what Andy's saying. But yeah, I think definitely losing that fixture. Um, so Matt, your vote is Palace. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be the contrarian this week and go for Palace. Andy's gone for Everton. You've gone for Palace. I've gone for West Ham. Ben, it's not really a deciding vote, but if you go for any of those, I guess it is. <laughs> um, I'm going to go. I agree with the Cardiff West Ham analysis from Andy, but I I, I agree. If if in doubt, if in doubt, choose West Ham. Uh, uh, City's opponent, so I vote West Ham. Okay, there are whipping boys. Um, gut punts. Um, ben, I'm going to come to you first for your gut punt this week. My gut punt is going to just be completely punty, and I'm going to go with Ranieri's new Fulham. And I will go for... I'll go for Mitrovic, <laughs> just because I got rid of him a couple of weeks ago. Um, maybe I think it will just troll his people who sold him. Um, so yeah, I'll go Mitrovic. I think that's a good shout. He scored in scored against Montenegro as well. Yeah, I think he got a brace or something. Yeah, not a bad shout. Okay, um, Matt, what do you reckon for your cup? Um, I'm going to double down on my Man U backing, and I, I'm going to go for Lingard, um, who's the man who did it over Christmas last year when everyone thought he would never make the England squad for the World Cup. Um, so. He, uh, he might return to form come around Christmas time uh, in the build of Christmas and this might be the start of that man for the festive occasion and yeah. the big occasion and he, he's back from injury and I think Mourinho absolutely loves him um, because he just runs around all day um, so uh, there's a few things that you're thinking if he, he could get on the run of form um, now he's back and firing and scored for England as well yeah nice one I like that one Andy what do you reckon um, <laughs> Andy dropped off. Just <laughs> as he is about to say, he's gone. Well, I'll go back. Andy's coming back in. Um, my gut punt is is also similar to Ben's. I'm going for a, a striker who's left most teams now. I think Danny Ings for Southampton. I think against that Fulham defence. I know we're talking about the Ranieri bounce, but um, I think Ings' shots are start going to surely start to pay off at some point, and against any defence, hopefully it's against Fulham. So he's my gut punt for this week. Um, should we have a look at clean sheets? Um, so Ben, do you want to go first with your first clean sheet this week? Uh, yeah, I'll go. I mean, I'll just go Man City. Okay. Matt, who's your clean sheet? Go Man United. Damn it, that was my one. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to go for Wolves. I think that's a pretty good clean sheet. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ben. I will go Everton. Everton, yeah, pretty safe one. That's a good shout. Matt? Um, I'll go uh, Burnley. Yeah, I think that that game's not a not a bad one for clean sheets all round. So I'm going to go for Newcastle. Has, any more for any more, Ben? Has anyone said Liverpool yet? No, not yet. Hey, I'll go Liverpool. 
Liverpool. Matt, don't force it if it's not there, but can you see any more? Um, so, I, in the same way that Burnley Newcastle looks like either team can get a clean sheet, I could see Brighton Leicester being equally thrilling and one of the teams getting a clean sheet. You've got to pick one, Matt, I'm afraid. I go for Brighton at home. They're, they're not bad at home, Brighton. Okay. Yeah, I'm probably going to leave it there. I, I mean, not a bad week for clean sheets, I think. Um, so, now captains and transfers it's a bit of a tricky one this week because as we discussed with the whipping boys there's no kind of outstanding fixture um so ben what are you thinking of captains and transfers oh so i w- i was always going to plan to do madison richarlison <clears throat> so that's that's going to be my transfer this week um everton at home to cardiff that looks like a, a sensible move Captain, I do agree on the previous analysis around Salah away to Liverpool, away to Watford. It doesn't seem like there will be a lot of goals or points there. So my my current captaincy is still on Salah, um, but I don't feel super great about it, honestly. Um, but that will probably be my pick if I'm trying to play it safe. If I want to be a little bit more punty, I'm Richarlison maybe as captain, but I think that would depend on Sigurdsson, Sigurdsson being fit and playing as well. So that's what I'm thinking. And then I'm also thinking more um, medium term. I, I need to get rid of my Bournemouth assets. I'm not sure quite how I'm going to do it yet. Probably will need a hit in a future game week because Martial looks good. Felipe Anderson looks good. So I kind of want someone in that kind of mid, mid-price bracket as well. Um, but that's that's probably for future game weeks. So that's that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. Sounds like sensible moves to me. Um, yeah, I mean, captaincy is an interesting one, isn't it? The Salah um, one, I'm not sure if it's the, the best move, but it's one of those weeks which is going to really divide the pack um, between Salah, Aguero um, and Hazard probably again. Matt, what about you for captains and transfers? Yeah, so I've currently got it pinned on Salah, but l- like everyone's been saying, Aguero's tempting and Hazard, you just never know, might might do it. Um, and I'm not particularly looking forward to this game week. I think my team, uh, th- th- I've got a load of Chelsea players, which have a tough fixture. Um, and then I've got Arnautovic just in the team, but now he's facing Man City and Perret, my two Watford players are facing Liverpool. So... Um, I definitely see this as a risky game week where I might lose some points. But at the same time, I've now got to do some surgery with Mendy and Doherty both looking potentially injured. So I might just do a straight swap of uh, Mendy to Laporte and then just uh, try and do the uh, surgery I plan on my team in, in the future game weeks. Although I am tempted to downgrade Mendy, save some cash and then spend that on upgrading either Pereira or Barkley. Um to someone like a Richarlison or maybe a Martial if he's if he's back and fit and playing well. Um, that's my thinking at the moment. Yeah, it's kind of tough to call with all these kind of little injuries, not just on the players in your team, but other players in your team affecting your choices on captains and transfers. It really has to has to go to the wire slightly this week it, until we know the full injury news. Yeah, it's a difficult week, definitely. Um, and that, as a result, I'm tempted to try and um, hold off from taking too many sort of uh, risky transfers and just have another game week where 
you watch and scout what players are doing before making a making the choice of which who, who's who your pick going to be. And particularly burnt by picking Barkley on a, a bit too quickly uh, on that in my thinking there. Um, for me, the Mendy move um, changed my plans slightly. Um, so Camarasa came in last week um, for Madison, which gave me a lot of cash in the bank, and I was going to use that in a hit this week to bring in Richarlison for Fraser. It's kind of solving that Bournemouth question for me with the two players, and then bringing in Do- Doherty um, for Bennett. So I'd have instead of Ram or Arm, I'd have Armed, which I thought you know it's crucial now that we have an acronym defence and I thought armed was a pretty good one um, but now Mendy's out, Doherty facial injury is really annoying because it doesn't sound like it's something that uh, is made up um, just to get out of international fixtures because there were um, you know, serious fixtures competitive games for um, Ireland so it sounds like a serious injury um, I think Mendy's going to go out um, I'm going to keep an eye on. I'd really like to bring in Doherty. Um, so I'm going to hopefully bring him in um, for a good fixture against Huddersfield and then double up um, with Bennett. Um, taking a hit as well, I'd like to bring in Richarlison for Fraser. Um, and then I'd have some more money in my bank left over um, for the next week to get rid of Stevens and upgrade him to someone a little bit better as my fourth midfielder. Um, so, yeah, Um that's it for me, pretty much. I, I, I want to get in on Richardson, so I think it's worth the hit for the three home games and four. Um, so I think I, I'm going to do that, whoever the Mendy replacement is. How about your captain, Duncan? Captaincy at the moment on my bus team, it's on Aguero. Um, same logic as I was saying with the Whipping Boys, if in doubt, then put it on the team who's... Um, Expected goals, as you were saying, Ben, is is through the roof. Um, yeah, and just hope that he can pick one up. He's not great away from home, but neither is Salah and Hazard's got a tough fixture. So, yeah, I'm just going with the team that scores the most goals, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be it for me. Um, any more for any more? Should we sign off? Uh, Andy, who disconnected, said his gut punt is Tosin. <laughs> I don't know if he's joking, but that—that's what he said. Uh, I think he must be joking, but we've got to take it because he's not giving us yeah. anything else. Yeah, he's a f- very fine player. Uh, I can only see he must be converted to my way of thinking. I've got to assume that. <laughs> um, great cut punt from Andy. Um, so it's it's good night from me, Ben. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Matt. So so long. And we'll see you all next week.